Star Trek, the TV program from the 60s. These are the commentaries of the siblings Alex and Sammy. Their ongoing mission? To discuss creative science fiction concepts. To examine interesting character dynamics and occasionally terrible writing. To To boldly go go where no podcast podcast has gone gone before. before. Oh my god! Sammy! We're being attacked by the Romulans! A second time! Oh my gosh, these Romulans! Hang on, I wanna I wanna talk to them. Right, we gotta have a conversation with yeah, them. Pull we can't them just up. keep recycling the same bit over and over. They're <laughs> <laughs> like the show t- tends to do at times. Look, I wanna hear, I wanna see them on the con. Okay. Alright, alright. We're, we're hailing the Romulans. There's so many Romulus. possibilities for different alien species out there. I don't know why we keep on seeing you guys. Like, also, right, through to them. grow your hair out Hailing or cut it short. I don't know, but you guys bear too much of a resemblance to the Vulcans. That's all I want to say to them. Yeah, what was up with everything? Everyone was just a space elf back then. Which is like a good choice, if I'm being honest. They're like aliens, pointy ears. Nailed it. <laughs> they're like, you know who really looks like aliens? Everyone has a bowl cut, right? Let's make that another train of aliens. Like, bunch of freaks out there with their bowl cut. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sammy, our hailing frequencies are open to the Romulans. What do you want to say to them? Okay. Hey, guys. You're not as scary as Klingons. You're not as sexy as Vulcans. Yeah, just like find, like, I just want to say to you guys, like, find your own thing. Like, stop trying to copy all of the other cool alien species and just, like, be yourself, you know? But I do like their fashion. I like their big shoulder pads. The shoulder pads. pads. Oh, look at that. They're they're turning. They're turning away. They're leaving us alone. (laughs) It looks like it works, Sammy. You scared them off with your your catty insults. (laughs) That was so weak. I'm not quite awake this morning. <laughs> still, still waking up. I know the feeling. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. This is Star Trek: The Original Siblings podcast. We're the original siblings. I'll be Sammy as soon as I wake up all the way, and he is already Alex because he's several hours ahead of me in the day. That's right, three hours ahead of her. <laughs> so this is uh, a show where we watch episodes of Star Trek: The Original Series and we talk through the whole thing. But mm-hmm. you know the shtick by now. You've been here, mm-hmm. or maybe you haven't. Maybe you're new. In which case, welcome, welcome. We're glad to have you. Yeah, welcome. Uh, sorry that the uh, Romulans interrupted our transmission, but we're we're getting back on track here today. I have people fixing up my roof directly above me, which is much needed. We have a uh, leaky ceiling issues all over the place. We're on the top floor of our apartment complex, mm-hmm. um, so. There's a good chance you guys might hear some roof work happening at some point during the show. I'm going to do my best to uh, not have that happen, but you know, <laughs> it's it's out of my hands. It's out of my control. Sammy, what's uh, what's happening with you? Well, I have a wedding I'm going to next month, and I haven't been to a lot of weddings because I haven't stayed in the same place for very long. And uh, I guess most of the people I know just haven't gotten married yet. And so I'm totally overthinking the dress code. It's semi-formal. And so, like, I have so much I need to get done, like, today. But instead, I just, like, spent three hours in bed trying to figure out what semi-formal means. And so I've just been doing, like, a wedding dress deep dive, which is by no means necessary. It's like, you know, it's not that complicated, but I'm making it You know, it you way... don't have to wear a wedding dress to the wedding, right? <laughs> I'm just a guest, but I'm like, I am the main character. 
you know? <laughs> and also, I have this You're classic sick. issue where, like, I think that something is cute, and then it turns out it's, like, wildly inappropriate. Like, I get there, and everybody else's hemline is, like, six inches longer than mine, and I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> just just uh, longer dresses, I guess. I guess so. But nobody wants that. Nobody what am wants I talking that. about? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's like what I've been absorbed with for the past like two hours. So <laughs> nice. Okay. So good. Good. Making plans. I'm a mess. That's Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> enough about me. I've been watching. Uh, I've been falling way behind on Picard lately. Let me tell you, uh-huh. I'm probably like three or four episodes behind now. I'm really, really struggling to make it through. Honestly, I've gone from just feeling like kind of whatever about the show to kind of despising it. No. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail because I feel like the people who don't like the show are already so vocal online that uh-huh. anybody who is like keeping up with Star Trek stuff has heard all the complaints already, uh-huh. which I feel like are mostly on point. I got I got to catch up though. I'm, I, I'm falling behind and I, I'm watching both Picard and Deep Space Nine. So every time I'm, I'm like in the mood for Star Trek, I'm like, oh, should I watch good Star Trek or should I watch bad Star Trek? <laughs> A hard choice to make. <laughs> yeah, inevitably I pick good pretty much every time. <laughs> uh, but we're coming up on the season finale, so I got I got to catch up so I know what's happening, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will say, though, my one specific complaint I'll give is that I don't like the serialized Star Trek. I like when they do singular episodes. Mm-hmm. I like when the episodes are self-contained and the story is resolved within them. Mm-hmm. On a lot of levels, partially because if you aren't that interested in the story they're telling, it's like, you know, it'll be done at the end of the episodes yeah. and something else will start next week. Even if it's kind of a somewhat continuation, it's like some... Some story within the story should resolve every episode. And also just like makes you feel like you watched a complete thing, you know, uh-huh. like I almost feel like I binged the first season and now watching the second season week by week, uh-huh. I kind of feel like that was the right way to do it was to binge the whole thing because it yeah. almost did watch like one just mediocre 10 hour movie instead of instead of 10 individual episodes. Uh-huh. I hate that like so many things are just like aimed at like binge watching because i hate binge watching like i want to like watch an episode and then like think about it for a while you know but i feel like so many like they like they create tv shows now with like the idea that you're gonna watch a whole season in like a day and i'm like like why like why is that like the new standard yeah i just don't do that i've I've binge watched like a couple of things ever but like generally it's not my my way yeah like exactly too much. I can't just sit and watch TV for like six hours straight either. No. I'm like, I'm a TV guy, you know. I work in TV. Like, uh-huh. like I, you know, if anyone's watching a ton of TV, it's me. But I, that's just that's just too not much my, even not for how you. I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's other activities I want to do. I want to read. I want to play video games. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or like go on a date. Speaking of which, let's move into the first segment. <laughs> I find this most illogical. This is highly illogical, the segment where we correct all the wrong stuff that we said in the previous episode. And can I just say that highly illogical is also the concept of Alex going out on a date? That was that. Just, that was just the wanted joke. to connect the dot all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. No, I, I'll, I'll get back to dating here. It's, it's been a dry month, though. Oh. <laughs> Okay, here's some corrections from last episode. Last episode, I said that there were 240 Ferengi rules of acquisition. There are actually 285. The rules of acquisition being essentially like the almost like religious code of the Ferengi. Yeah, or as um, close as they have to it. Yeah, it's almost like uh, it's almost like the Ten Commandments, but they have 285 of them, and they're all about profit, pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, here's here's some funny examples since, uh, so Sammy, I know you haven't heard these before. Yeah, I have not. Uh, rule one is once you have their money, you never give it back. That's number one. That's rule number one. And uh, they're, they're pretty consistent. They're pretty much all the same. They're such like, a capitalist. <laughs> I hate them. All right, here's, here's two more. Rule 34, war is good for business. Rule 35, peace is good for business. Hmm, okay. The U.S. could listen to the latter half of those two. <laughs> right. It's funny how um, complete the list is online because they, they all, they're they pretty much all dropped as like offhand jokes That's that so the Ferengi make through the series. Uh-huh. But it's like they say so many of them that you end up with a, like at least half of them are filled out. That's so, it's, so awesome. And, and be, right. And because they're kind of used as jokes too, all, most of them are kind of funny. Yeah. Here, all right. Here's, here's rule 40. She can touch your lobes, but never your latinum. And uh, here's one more. One more for the road. 239. Never be afraid to mislabel a product. Oh, my God. They're such little capitalists. <laughs> Right. Such scumbags. I think it's been said before, but we'll say it again. I think that the Ferengi in Star Trek have more in common with modern day mankind than mankind in Star Trek does. Uh, what a sad thought. Sad you could but true. be right. So we were arguing last time about they kept using the word casualty and we felt like they were using it wrong. So the definition of using casual- it for Khan, who had been who had been brought back from the, Correct. the ship that was adrift. Yes. So the definition of casualty is a member of the armed forces lost through death, wounds, sickness, capture, or because his or her whereabouts or conditions can't be determined. So based on that, I still feel like they were using it wrong, right? Yeah, because they had reclaimed him they at that knew point. Where they he brought was. him back. So, and there was a couple other definitions, but they still kind of all, I feel like, said more or less the same thing. So it's like, yeah, once he's, once he's no longer lost, I hmm. mean, he's still wounded, but he's... You know, he's back aboard. Like, yeah, so I, I don't know, kind of a weird, yeah, kind of a weird thing. So, huh, okay. We define it anyway. Take it as you will, I guess. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last episode, I guessed that a Vulcan land deed costs $60, but according to warpedfactor.com, they cost $39.99. I feel like that's like exactly how much they should cost. Like more than $20, but less than $60. Sure. Yeah. You can't just buy, buy a plot of land for $20. That's absurd. <laughs> Even if even if it is just a piece of paper saying that you own a piece of land on a made up planet, <laughs> man, that's so funny. So that some Ferengi came up with that idea, huh? Definitely. And once they had their money, they were not going to give it back. But so last week, I mentioned that disaster struck City Alpha Five not long after Kirk marooned Khan there. Six months after Khan's arrival, neighboring planet City Alpha Six exploded, shifting City Alpha Five's orbit and turning it into a desert-like world dominated by Kralon gas, sand, and high-velocity winds. So six months, that blows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was quite a while before Khan got out of there. It was like, I feel like it was at least 10 years, wasn't it? Yeah, at least. Probably right around 10 years. Yeah. yeah also, so- I think Sadi Alpha <laughs> might be the planet where they go to in Barbarilla. Mm, interesting. <laughs> My other favorite piece of 1960s sci-fi. Yeah, very uh, kind of dark for Star Trek, actually, that that, uh, that, that would happen. But oh, I like I it. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, I feel um, like it's like, I mean, it I guess. Fits. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not like too dark, but it's like, dang, like that's, you know, I mean, it really gives Khan uh, an even scarier, you know, reason to be coming after Kirk. Yeah, it's just so perfect, though, because it like shows like that things are unpredictable, you know, that like Kirk made mm-hmm. the best decision that he was aware of, but he couldn't have planned for, like, every contingency. No, yeah, and if he had known, would he have made a different decision, you wonder? 
Yeah. Might have might have at least you know good that he didn't drop Khan off on uh, Senti Alpha Six. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Or you know, or maybe for the worst. Do you think it's called Space Seed because they're planting the seed that will eventually grow to become Wrath of Khan? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called Space Seed? I'm not totally sure. I think sure. it's like okay. I'm gonna make something up. I feel it. like it's like um, like they were talking about like starting a new colony. You know, like it's called mm-hmm. the Botany Bay, you know, so the whole idea is like just like banishing people and like putting them in a different place and letting them like figure it out for themselves. So I feel like maybe that's why, like, you know, they're like seeding sure, a, planet a seed that never took root anywhere or something like that and, until they dropped them on SETI Alpha 4 or 5, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's my guess. All right, I'll take it. I don't have a better guess, so... <laughs> Let's see. Finally, last episode, I claimed that I gave the man trap a warp eight in the warp speed rating segment. I actually gave it a warp seven, which is which the is other a funny two. Thing to have to correct. <laughs> the other, like the only other warp rating, I feel like you give. <laughs> I, I give quite a few sevens. I'm noticing, although I give a pretty good range of scores. I, okay. I noticed you gave man trap a warp two. Actually, yeah. Do you do you stand by that? I feel like that's that's really low. Do you do you not like that episode? Well. The way I look at it, I'm not looking at it like grades. I'm looking at it like, you know, like a Warp 5 episode is like an average episode, you know? Totally. So and I you feel consider like it significantly below average, though. Definitely, yeah. I think it's a decent episode. I, I like that one. I think the monster's interesting, the fact that it can disguise itself as them. I always like when a, when a, when there's a monster that's like, you know, looking like a person, uh-huh. like, uh, like the androids and Blade Runner sort of a thing. I always think that's cool. But you're also forgetting that there's all of the impulse speeds. That's Whereas true, for but me, impulse okay. speed is like so the way sub I think one, about which it, basically means that it's like really bad. Okay, but <laughs> the way I think about it is like impulse speeds are like bad episodes. Um, One through five are like good episodes and then like six through ten are like great episodes but five is an average episode you said right yeah so so one through four is below average but yeah. not bad yeah that's exactly how i think okay. about it okay but you yeah you definitely don't like that episode then that was that was the main thing i wanted to get clarity on i mean like i like it but it's not very good <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I like that I like one. it for I the same it was, reason uh, you it like it. Decent. I like the like the monster. It's a lot of fun. But like Yeah, where she looks different to different people too. I just found uh-huh. that uh even when we I remember first seeing that when we were in high school, that was one of the ones I saw when I was younger, and uh-huh. I just thought that was like a really kind of exciting and fascinating concept. I was like, oh, that captured my imagination in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like fine. Anyway. Well, I think that's highly illogical. <laughs> totally. Completely, absolutely, irrevocably, highly illogical. All right, next up here, folks, we are going to open our healing frequencies. Healing frequencies open, sir. This thank you, is Uhura. the subspace. Thank you, Uhura. Sorry, <laughs> I was I always talk right over her. Just... <laughs> this is the subspace frequencies open segment where. We go through and we read messages, subspace messages transmitted to us from the ships of you, the viewership, the listenership. I guess you aren't viewing. You're listening, the listenership. (laughs) 
You can message us. You can send us a subspace message at stosibspod at gmail.com. I'll say that one more time just so you catch it. It's stosibspod at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you guys. Write us about the show. Write us about Star Trek. Write us about anything you feel like. Things that we say that catch your attention. Questions that we ask you during the show. Write us in. Give us your thoughts. We love hearing from all you guys. And thankfully, this is you know this this was for a long time kind of a dead segment. But uh, it's, it's coming uh, back to life. It's it, wait. That's right. It's can I say yeah. write in if you think that you can give me a clear, concise definition of what semi-formal means. Thank you. That's <laughs> yes. Tell Sammy what semi-formal <laughs> is for for a guy. Semi-formal just means you have to have a collar or buttons. <laughs> collar or buttons. This is not helpful. <laughs> No, see, I know it's it's harder for for ladies. <laughs> harder, <laughs> Definition but also is more looser. fun. There's 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 a wider there's a wider scope of fashion, guys. It's like you know you, we only have so many things we get to wear anyway. So, <laughs> all right, so we have three subspace messages today. Yay! So our first one is a transmission from Jasper C. Ooh, you hi, might Jasper. remember Ensign Jasper C. Uh, he's, he's on the, the He's an ensign aboard the USS Listenership. He's been uh, he's been acting captain since he's been dealing with the situation <laughs> where the crew has been turned into spaghetti. Anyway, here's what he says. He says transcript from transcript of transmission from the USS listenership. Star date? I don't know, like four. <laughs> this is not to a good start. I'm writing to you early this time, so I don't jolt, jolt awake at 3 a.m. the day you're recording, realizing I haven't sent you a, a message to you yet. Whoops. It's so It should cute. be noted, he, he sent this message at midnight, and so he's obviously just a night owl. Um, he says, thanks for answering my dumb question about reassigning the jobs of the main cast. I especially like your choices for CMOs, who are Spock, a.k.a. the only person on the ship who's with worse bedside manner than Bones, and Kirk, who can't even spell CPR. <laughs> Uh, anyway, my stupid game for you this week is this. If you had to choose one of two scenarios to live with for the rest of your life, which would you choose? One, the only movies or TV shows you watch are endless sequels <gasps> to M. Night Shyamalan's Glass, oh, none no. of which will be better than Glass. Oh, my or God. Or two, every song you listen to is sung by William Shatner. Oh, no. Those are um, both so actually, he's, horrible. I'll, I'll mention he's giving me an opportunity to plug myself here, I guess. Um, the reason he's bringing up Shyamalan's Glass is I, I have a, uh, a YouTube series right now called Brisflix, if anyone wants to watch it, where I watch bad movies. On uh, Real Alex Brisson is the name of my YouTube channel. And I did a review of M. Night Shyamalan's Glass, and I, I nitpicked every little detail of, of just <laughs> what makes it terrible and, and nonsensical and boring. Anyway... Yeah, quite a quite a loaded question. To a certain Oof. degree, it's almost like it's it's almost like well, would, you would never you watch TV, TV and, or never watch entirely, yeah, yeah or never listen, listen to, music to music again. Yeah. Is almost what it is. Okay, I'm going with. I feel like music is so important to me, and like William Shatner's like singing is just like, I think it's more of a crime than M Night Shyamalan's horrible filmmaking. Because, like, at least Shyamalan <laughs> is a filmmaker. Shatner's not even a singer. He just, like, ah, oh, it's so bad. And I love music. And I just could never, like, not listen to, like, Dreams again, sung by Stevie Nicks. If I only had to hear it <laughs> sung by Shatner, I would die. So I'm going with all the stupid Glass sequels. I'm going to go with the same thing. The only difference in my reasoning being that I... I do think that Shyamalan's glass in terms of making a movie is a bigger crime than Shatner's version of music. Uh-huh. Oh, 
Like, I, I think I think it's a bigger crime against filmmaking than uh-huh. Shatner's singing is against music. But yeah. I still arrive at the same conclusion that I, I I need I need music, and I can't have Shatner ruining every piece of music for me as much as as much as I love the idea of being able to hear every single song in the world, <laughs> Shatner's version of them, like. I, I don't want that to be all I can hear. So yeah, we're we're both gonna go with uh we're both gonna go with having to watch all these Shyamalan sequels. Oh, but that I guess. was like a brutal would you rather. <laughs> it was. That was cruel. Continuing on, uh, Jasper C says, also I have a fun fact. In my home province of Alberta, we have a town named Vulcan. It is a tourist town with a Star Trek themed no visitor way. center. We also have a town, the town of St. Paul, which built a UFO landing pad and visitor center to celebrate Canada's centennial. God, Canada that one is isn't so Trek cute. related, but it's weird. <laughs> it says, it's weird that we have two weird alien towns. I've been to both. They're weird. <laughs> wow. So go Alberta. Right. I wonder if those, I wonder if either of those towns has like famous UFO sightings or anything like that. We've been to Roswell, uh, which was neat. That was fun. Um, it's very much like an so alien themed tourist town at this yeah. point though. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the whole town has given way to that. Uh-huh. And then he, then he cross messages here. He says, Johanna, please don't let the spaghetti situation <laughs> dissuade you from a career in space. It usually isn't this stupid. <laughs> okay. Most of the time it is this stupid, but sometimes it's, it's not. So that has to count for something. Very Besides, well put. I'll bet that by the time you're hearing this, Samuel B. will already have found the listenership and will have the situation under control. I hope. Please. I can't take it anymore. I hate to tell you, Jasper C. I don't think Samuel B.'s coming. I think he, I think he got his promotion. He's, oh, like, no. he's out. Oh, I think he's there, back Jasper. to his administrative work. Uh, he says, keep up the good work, Sibs. You guys are the best part of my every two weeks. Uh, love long and prosper, oh, which is kind of a Jasper variation C, on I it. Love you too. That's right. It's so sweet. It's like the hippie version of it. Or maybe <laughs> he's wishing us. Uh, maybe he's wishing us good. Uh, good luck in our future sexual endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> love long. <laughs> he wants us to have a lot of stamina moving forward. <laughs> anyway, Ensign Jasper C out. End of transmission. Oh, Jasper, hang in there. You're the best part right, of our every two weeks, too, Jasper C. That's right. We love hearing from you, Jasper C. Thank you for writing in. Let's see. Sammy, you want to read one of these? You want to read the next one? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I want to read from the USS NB. Hi, yeah, Crewman Sunday. Sunday messages again. <laughs> I love them. Okay. So, transmission from Crewman Sunday of the USS NB. Stardate Spaghetti. <laughs> oh, my God. This one is gold. You're going to love I'm this. I'm so excited. Hey, Crewman Sunday here. I finally fixed our transceiver for the second time. I fixed it once, but of course it broke again. Turns out it was clogged with robotic pasta. Some asshole chucked an entire Italian restaurant's worth of evil robot, nanobot-infested spaghetti into our communications array. Man, if I had a dollar for every time that happened. Uh, it's the, it's Sunday the says of, of Samuel B's adventure. <laughs> Sunday says, craziest thing is, our science offer is trying, officer is trying to say that the spaghetti contains human DNA. I'm not buying it. He doesn't even have a PhD in the study of Italian food. I'm sure the nanobots aren't taking over our system, but the captain's bent on ignoring my warnings. Whoever's spaghetti this is had better take it back. Our ship's full to the brim with it, and oddly, it seems to be multiplying, strangely at the same rate that our crew members have been disappearing. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, continuing. Spaghetti has gotten out of hand. It's taken over the whole... It's taking over the whole... The entire extended universe. Extended universe. Anyway... Beta 3, Landry's Planet, bears a striking resemblance to my middle school classrooms. Total control until lunchtime. 
at which point chaos reigns. I have a strong suspicion that Return of the Archons might have been the first episode of the original series I ever saw. A slightly odd introduction to Trek, but obviously 11-year-old me enjoyed it. I don't have any words to say about this episode, which hasn't already been said. But slightly goofy at points, it definitely made 11-year-old me laugh on my first viewing. But overall, it's just of average quality. It's not bad, but it's not amazing either. Also, I believe that this is the first of many instances of Kirk talking a computer to death. Rest in peace, computerized Landrew. I think that they're probably right about that. The next one that comes to mind is I know he he talks nomad to death. At, oh and my god! I think at the beginning of season two, that's one of my favorite episodes. It's such a good one because it's like it's just twenty minutes of him being like, "You are an error. You are an error." He's like talking to a trash can. I know. And like, our favorite part of that is that it keeps like showing uh, nomad like for like a quote unquote reaction shock, but it's or shock, yes, but it's yeah. just a robot, and so it's just like sitting there, but they're like trying no to like face. imbue emotion, and like it kind of works, honestly. Okay. But back oh, to Sunday's man, letter. I can't wait for that one. I know. Honestly, I feel the same about the Galileo 7. It's a little lacking in plot. Ship crashes, bad creature hunts the crew, ship leaves and is rescued by a bigger ship. It's really a character-driven episode, except that the character dialogue and conflict feels a little stiff. And this is me talking, and I completely agree. I feel like they're absolutely right. They say mm-hmm. I'd probably rate it a warp 5.5. Not the absolute best, but a little better than average. I feel like I would definitely it's try right between our ratings. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> I feel like I would definitely try Romulan ale. If I'm remembering correctly, there's also a real life Klingon blood wine. Hopefully, not made with real blood. What I'd be I- less interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say about Space Seed that hasn't already been said? Fantastic episode, hands down a warp ten for me. Thank you, Sunday. Yes. Also, the constant thirsting over Khan, both in episode and in real life, was 100% justified. Thank you. Sam, you were thirsting so hard over Khan in that episode. I don't think you I don't think you ever even mentioned how in love with Spock you were. I literally didn't. I, I know. It, I was thinking about that. I think it might have been the first one. Yeah. I was thinking about that later because, like, yeah, it was just Overshadowed. like, who cares about anybody else, you know, when, like, Ricardo Montalban <laughs> is just, like, owning those hallways. And his arms. And his arms. Uh, mom sent me a thing. Arms and tits. Mom sent me a thing wow. that apparently it's a. Apparently it was a rumor that was going around that he's wearing a fake chest in that episode. Have no, you heard this? That rumor is for Wrath of Khan the movie. Oh, okay, but yeah, that he's wearing or that he's wearing a like fake a chest, chest in the movie, which he is, yeah. which he is not. Which he's not. He's just people, got great people tits. thought that that was not his real chest. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> Sunday funny. says. I feel like you basically completely covered why this is such a good episode, both on its own and with the Wrath of Khan and Into Darkness. On a side note, my mother can recite most of the lines from this episode. A whole other level of Trek obsession. I'm going to end this message early. We've got reports coming in of Mary, of, sorry, of various multiplying spaghetti-related disasters. Isn't it funny that I'm having trouble saying all these wild phrases? Multiplying spaghetti-related disasters coming in from all over the quadrant. It's so spread out at this point, I could have ended up, it could have ended up anywhere. When I found out who's responsible for this, I swear they are taking over my position because I am done with this. Pick up your goddamn spaghetti, whoever you are. I've been waiting there for days now. I'll never get the stains out of my dress uniform. Not to mention, my pad won't stop telling me to mutiny ominously. Honestly, at this point, it might not be that bad of an idea. Anyway, until next time, crewman Sunday out. Wow. Sunday, thank you for your service. Thank you for hanging in there in spite of all this like spaghetti related trauma. And most of all, thank you for agreeing with me. 
Yes, thank you very much. We're, we're sorry that the spaghetti has become <laughs> just fused with these nanobots that Samuel B. threw it at. So um, I do feel like I have to say, since this is being like transmitted across Federation space, um, Crewman Sunday, I have to suggest that you not mutiny. But frankly, like you've been through a lot so you can, you know, do whatever feels right for you. That's all I'm going to say. You know, the captain might be on their way to being spaghetti now anyway. So, uh, <laughs> some, something has to be done about this spaghetti incident. <laughs> okay, here we go. One last message. This one is from Lieutenant Kern, uh, who messaged us before, actually, but I could not pronounce his name. I said Kyung uh, uh-huh. is Kern. He's corrected me now, which thank you very much. Thank you. So, transmission from Lieutenant Kern says, Thanks for reading my subspace communication. Sammy, you haven't seen, and I don't want to spoil anything, but Kern, the character, comes to a not-so-cool ending in the show. <laughs> not, oh, no. He, he doesn't die. I, I won't spoil it. But okay, it's uh, okay. he, pretty, much, know, pretty much know. the lamest way you could go out for a Klingon, I would oh, say. Man. <laughs> and it's And it's not, it's not resolved either. Actually, let, let me just tell you. Right? <laughs> Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen this. So sk- skip ahead like like a minute if you if you if you haven't seen this Deep Space Nine episode, Worf's family gets gets like ousted again. Where they're like they're like no like you guys are dishonored once again. And Kern is so ashamed, Sammy, that he keeps wanting to kill himself. And Worf's like no no do that. So finally, what they decide to do is wipe Kern's memory and let him go live with another Klingon family, just with no memory of who he is basically, so that his honor isn't isn't hurt at all, isn't damaged. He doesn't have to kill himself. But then like hmm. ten episodes later. Worf's honor is restored and nobody ever goes back and is like, oh, we should probably fix Garden's memory. He's just like, right. gone. He's just like, yeah, it's you know, so dumb. Honor is so like, you know, wishy-washy. It's like, like, don't kill yourself over honor. Like, just wait a little no. bit and then it'll be restored. Like, or yeah, shit. yeah. The House of Moog, their honor has been like dis- destroyed it's and redeemed like five down. times in the show. Their just honor like, is like yeah, the goddamn stock minute. market. Like, it's like, don't mm-hmm. worry too much You'll about it. You'll get your it. honor back, dude. <laughs> don't, don't wait for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Uh, he says, To fit into your cinematic universe, I guess I should add that I'm a lieutenant junior grade on my Starfleet ship slash chapter. But I'm like Picard in that alternate future in the episode Tapestry. I'm too lazy to get promoted on the USS <laughs> Kitty Hawk. <laughs> the USS Kitty Hawk. Uh, he says, on Return of the Archons, I'm closer to Alex's point of view. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think we need to hear any more from Lieutenant Kern. No, let's hear, what, let's hear what Kern has to say. <laughs> he says, in an entertaining ep- it's an entertaining episode, but not one I rush to rewatch. For instance, it bugs me that they don't explain the reason behind Red Hour. If Sammy gave a Warp 2 to an episode because it was only entertaining, I shudder to think how she'll rate some of the Season 3 stinkers. Oh, just you um, wait. <laughs> they're all gonna be uh they're all gonna be impulse speed right yeah uh he says the prime directive was mentioned in the episode marking its debut in star trek Mm -hmm. kirk rationalized breaking it because he said the planet's culture was stagnant due to landrew it shows to me how starfleet was less rule bound than it became during the tng yeah which is something that you said alex i think yeah you don't agree with his decision to do this you said right sammy well, I'm less sure now because of the important details we missed at the beginning about how they were like investigating a like whole ship that disappeared. But yeah, overall, and my I justification do think... was that it was like an enslaved population, basically that like had lost free will. Mm-hmm. So they were like liberating them in a sense. But you, yeah, you but feel that's like they not should not Starfleet's tamper at all. Job to liberate. 
Sure, but you don't think they should. I mean, you don't think it was the right thing to do. I do like, think it's the right know, thing to there's, do. There's the Starfleet the rules, and then there's the right thing reason, to do. You know, which like it's really interesting. Now I'm just gonna like go off but on a little thing. But they break it a lot, which I think is justified. Yeah, and almost always, and they're like really clear about like you know prime directive and the decisions they make in TNG. You know, like everybody kind of like states their opinion, and then Picard like goes with something. And almost always, I agree with Doctor Crusher. Because she's the one who's always like Hippocratic Oath, like help people whenever you can. So like that is like ultimately what I think, like how I feel like they should act. But the issue is that they're not in line with like their own codes of conduct. Like it's not it, it's not about what I think they should do. It's about like, are they like adhering to their standard that they've created? But their codes of conduct go against their moral codes, you know, so it's like, but which there's a I reason think it's might the prime directive. It prime sure but it's just a directive you know it's not a uh you know it can be broken as we've seen it gets broken all the time i think there are times when it's justified to break it you know which which i think is kind of the point the show is trying to make is that it that sometimes it is better to break the rules for the greater good sort of a thing Mm -hmm. what do you think think i'm wrong (laughs) no no i mean i agree with that but if that is the case then there should be like consequences for those actions, you know, like the issue is that they have this prime directive and yet like you can break it with impunity. Sure. Yeah. I guess it's just a matter of, you know, I guess it's a case by case basis sort of a thing. It like, totally you know, is. Yeah, so, it's very and it's, and it's hard to make that decision. I do think they made the right decision in this case, but we'll see if we'll see if in future cases when they break it, if we still agree with them or if some of these cases are uh, we'll also take it on a case by case basis. But I, I, think it's, say, I think it's okay to break it sometimes, I guess. Yeah, but I don't, I feel like they just kind of like let the whole story run away with them. I don't think that they like were in control of what was happening. I don't think that they had agency. I feel like they were just kind of like being mm-hmm. so reactive, you know, like I would have much preferred if sure, there was like they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. They, it was just kind of like stumbling and fumbling around, you know. Yeah, the ends, as, as we said, the ends justified the means, but the... Uh, mm-hmm. But they didn't know that that was going to be the yeah, ends when they, they started. Like, sort of they got thing. lucky, yeah. you know. Sure. Okay. All right. I like that. Anyway, let's see. Kern's message. Yeah, he says, I don't know if either of you watch Lower Decks, but you should. They've got lots of TOS Easter eggs, including for Archons. The episode No Small Parts lets us, lets us know what happened to the people on the planet after Kirk left. Oh. I actually have watched the first four or five episodes of Lower Decks, uh-huh. and I gotta say, I, I love it. It's really funny, and it's it's really cute. I think you like it a lot too, actually, Sammy. It's uh-huh. uh, I, I I wasn't sure when I was like, oh, cartoon, funny Star Trek. What's, what, what's the deal? But uh, uh-huh. having seen it now, I'm like, oh, love it. I just think it's so fun. Oh, right um, on. So yeah, all about that. It, it feels yeah, it feels like a very different thing, but also still like in line with Star Trek, and like obviously the people who are making it just love and like appreciate star trek in a way that alex kurtzman may or may not um wait but I, digress. I just want to say um oh. i feel like what i would think about that is that it seems like there'd be such a benefit of focusing not on the people who are in charge you know because they have like a lot less room or a lot more room to be imperfect you know because like yeah all of the people in charge are like held to such a high standard that when they like do something wrong it's like kind of upsetting because it's just like oh well that was their job and they messed it up but if it's somebody in like the lower decks it's like yeah of course they're just people you know totally yeah and there's always like those episodes where it's like where they're being like well this is going to be tough for the crew but i think they'll be okay like and then Uh we never see the crew having to deal with something like that so it's like you get a lot more of like the crew having to be like oh no like 
we're having to deal with a decision that the captain made or uh-huh. whatever. So that's kind of fun too. Yeah. Okay, he finishes by saying, Before I go, I have to second the suggestion for watching the animated series episodes Yesteryear and Infinite Vulcan. Yesteryear is generally considered to be the best episode of the animated series. Infinite Vulcan is trippy. You've got to smile at the large Spock. Uh, L-L-A-P, Kern. Right on. Okay, well, yeah, we should definitely... Those are two that we should definitely do then. Because I feel like we've heard that from multiple people. I was pretty tempted by more tribbles, more trouble. But I, I'm, you know, we're hearing multiple suggestions for these couples, so it sounds good to me. But yeah, but thank you, know, you, Kern. Keep the suggestions coming if anyone else has opinions. Lieutenant Kern, yes, I'm thank so you for sorry. writing in, Kern. Lieutenant Kern, Junior Lieutenant Kern, <laughs> as well as Crewman Sunday and Ensign Jasper C. It was great to hear from all of you. Thanks so much for writing into the show. Everyone else, feel free to write in too, and we'll read your messages one more time. That's stosibspod at gmail.com. And also, Kern, anyway. don't worry about getting promoted because, like, I mean, you're in Starfleet. You're exploring space, you know? You don't have to be the top dog. Yeah, middle management is fine. Somebody has to have that middle position. Exactly. (laughs) Why not you, you know? (laughs) Okay, so we don't have any, we don't have a bonus segment this week for the first time in quite a while. So we're just Yeah, but thank you everybody for writing in. I love hearing from you all. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and now it is time for Guess the Plot, the segment where I tell Alex the episode, the name of the episode we're about to watch, and he guesses what is going to happen. So, Alex, are you ready to guess the plot? I'm ready. All right. Let me make sure I have this right. You know what? I'm just going to go for it. I think I have it right. So, Alex, the name of today's episode is... If you have me guess a different episode, this is going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) It is... Do we just have to watch whichever one you say? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It is a taste of Armageddon. Delicious. Okay, here's my guess. Um, we arrive at an alien planet where someone, uh, a the world-famous chef has come up with a recipe for a cake that kills everyone if they eat it unfortunately it's so delicious that nobody can resist it and so their plan is to mass produce this cake and give it to everyone so that uh so that they uh, will eat it and you know that the planet will be destroyed because this uh this baker is just a nihilist so even though it violates the prime directive kirk spock and bones decide and scotty decide that they have to go down and pose as line cooks and try to remove all of the deadly <laughs> the deadly ingredients from uh-huh. this cake as they're making it so that when it's given out, it's just a delicious cake and it doesn't have all the deadly elements. Uh-huh. And it actually brings world unity because everyone's so happy about getting this free delicious cake. Um, and that's how they save the planet and foil the baker's plot. Man, I really want to watch the heist episode where they're all just like wearing little like tuxedos and they're all just like sneaking in and they're like, ah, oh, we are the uh, waiters. <laughs> we're the, yeah, we're the wine cooks. Yeah, they're all wearing the white, uh, the white suits and the, and the hats, the chef hats, the tall ones. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, something tells me I didn't even get close on that one. <laughs> you know, I. I really yeah, ran with I, the taste thing. Yeah, maybe you ran with it too far. One thing I do want to say about this episode, in like before we watch it, is like when we came up with our whole like little, uh, you know, the thing we say at the top of the episode, like our theme song. 
This is like one of the ones that I was thinking about when we said like exploring interesting science fiction concepts, because like this is Mm. one of those ones that like kind of sticks with you. Like it sticks with you like a short store, like a short dystopian story you read in English class. You know, like it's just one of those that kind of like Mm, Harrison Bergeron. Exactly. It's kind of like a Harrison Bergeron type experience. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I want to say. To kind of like, right. yeah, let's get you excited. Preface, yeah. Let's check it out. And now for our feature presentation. Captain's log, stardate 3192.1. The Enterprise is on route to Star <laughs> Objective, to open diplomatic relations with the civilizations known to be there. We have sent a message to Aminiar 7, principal planet of the star cluster, informing them of our friendly intentions. We are awaiting an answer. Nothing yet, Lieutenant. We sent a space version of a friend request, basically. No, it's more like a space equivalent to poking them on Facebook. I was just about to say that it's a poke. (laughs) Oh, a strangely dressed man has just entered the bridge. He's got a great fit. Oh, he's an ambassador. I do like it. It's it's sleek. Captain, message coming kind in from of, Kind of double-breasted. Sir, it's code 7. I like that we've now already heard in less than, like, in the first three minutes, a mini R7 has had, like, three different pronunciations. Code 710 means under no circumstances are we to approach that E mini R or mini R? I'm sure of her has it right because she's a xenolinguistic. Everybody else is just making it up. That's right. Shatner's a fuck up. the past 20 years, thousands of lives have been lost on this quadrant. Lives that could have been saved if the Federation had a treaty port here. We mean to have that port. A treaty port? A treaty port, you said. By disregarding Code 710, you might well involve us in an interplanetary war. I feel like they want either a treaty or a port. I don't understand what a treaty port is. I'm thinking about this. And don't forget uh, Rule 710. I have my orders, Captain. Now you have you. A lot of protocol right off the top here. on course. Achieve orbit status and just leave the rest to me. I would You're not well be aware, happy with myself, but my if I didn't mention how strange this man's face is. I now exercise it. You, you know, I was looking course. at it too, and you know what it is? He's a totally normal-looking guy with the eyes of a thousand-year-old man. Yes! Oh, my God, you're so his, right. His eyes have so many bags and wrinkles and are so, like, bulgy. He looks like he has, uh-huh. like, a six Steve Buscemi's eyes. Like, <laughs> besides that normal-looking guy. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Wow, this girl's going in. Oh, who's Scotty's girlfriend? I yeah. know, pretty girl. Sharing a clipboard with her. I don't know why they don't each have a clipboard, but... <laughs> We're going in. Okay, looks like uh, we're headed for a vague adventure. As always. Yeah, I don't think but we missed much. I, I just think they didn't um, give us quite as much information as they should that have. It's one of those where there's like a guy who's trying to boss Captain Kirk around because that never goes well. Mm-hmm. Classic ambassador on the ship tra- exactly. being, uh, trying to be the strong arm of the yeah. Federation. We won't stand for it, ambassador. We will not. I mean, nothing should be wrong with it inherently, but it's like always somebody who's trying to like, you know, be the alpha. It's just that nobody knows better than Kirk and he's the real alpha. <laughs> he's the alpha. He's the alpha. DeForest Kelly's still down the opening credits. Yeah, is, that's not uh, until season two. Blasphemy. I know, it's a sin. 
You know, Leonard Nimoy is lucky he got in the opening credits, honestly. If Shatner had it this way, it would just be starring William Shatner. Directed by William Shatner. Written by William Shatner. And everybody else is just like a co-star or a guest star. Many are seven looks a lot like Earth. But they've never ventured beyond their own solar system. When first contacted more than 50 years ago, a mini R7 was at war with its nearest neighbor. Uh-oh. Anything else? The Earth extradition making the report failed to return from its mission. Uh-oh. The USS Valiant. Hmm, that's a great name. Yeah, but it doesn't Listen sound like it lived up to space. it. Kirk, <laughs> what's this about you going down alone? Not alone, Mr. Ambassador. I'm taking some security people with me. Ambassador's getting an early jump on nitpicking Kirk's stuff. Uh-huh. It's like he's not even waiting for it to be something important. It's like the first like minor decision Kirk's making. He's like, wait, I have a different idea. But it's not smart to have the captain be part of the first landing party. Which seems strange. They did scan us when we But that's just Kirk's style. Okay, I see how this is gonna go. Screens down. I'm gonna be explaining how it's supposed to go down, and you're just gonna be like, but Captain Kirk. He's gonna Kirk his way through this. He just awesomes his way through everything. That's You're the way so Kirk right. is. Which, yeah, what lesson does that give our audience? Like, listen, if you're the best, just be the best and everyone else can fucking deal with it. It's like that, that'll make you end up like this ambassador. But I do love when Scotty's okay. in charge. As do I. He's gonna have to butt heads with this ambassador now. And I figured out what the ambassador looks like. It's a, it's a basset hound. <laughs> yep, the Ambassador Hound. The Ambassador Hound. Okay, we got a girl in a great fit. We got a future... Okay, I gotta pause it for a second so we can describe this. The matte painting? Our planet or, looks... Yeah, our matte painting looks really cool. It looks I think like, it was CGI'd. I think it's like a mixture of both. Is it? I don't see any movement. I think it's just a painting. When we first Although came in, there were... Right now, so um, it's not a good point. <laughs> we first came in, there were <laughs> trains moving. Yes. <laughs> oh, cool, okay. Because they didn't, I mean, they didn't have CGI at the time, or at least that wasn't what it was. Yeah, I think it's updated, is my guess. I see. Okay, they've they've added some stuff into the painting. It looks really cool, though. It looks like, uh, God, I wish I knew painters and I could compare it to a certain painter's style. I'd be like, it looks just like a H.R. Geiger or something. Like, that's not who it looks like. Uh, but... Dali. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's got kind of a Dali vibe. Yeah, not it's really, a little surreal. Yeah, it has a surreal aspect to it. Okay, it's I'm, cool. I'm rewinding I like 10 it. seconds to look at these outfits real quick. Yeah, I love this. Oh, I see fit. the train now. Okay, so her outfit is like a bra attached to a sash with like leggings on underneath. It's so. It's like kind cute. of a mosaic pattern. I like would a wear this in a heartbeat. She looks it's awesome. She's being escorted by Devo. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but also with like, sashes. Um, yeah, we got a red sash guy with a red. Hat you could have like a chef hat. It is a chef hat. I, I might, maybe that's the baker I was talking about. He's got a red chef hat, and then the other guy's a purple sash. He's ready and a purple to bring the taste of Armageddon, ma'am. The cake is ready. Wow, this girl has but, like some uh, she's real bad bitch charge. energy. She's, yeah, right. Yeah, she's walking between the Devo guys. Uh huh. Yeah, this is like a fit. I love this. They will materialize there. Mm-hmm. Remember your instructions. Oh, yeah, we have people have been CGI'd in later, too, I see. They are to be treated correctly, about. nothing more. 
Okay, here we go. Beat and landing parties beam down. We got Kurt, we got Spock, two and three red suits, <laughs> one of which is a cute girl, the one who was sharing the clipboard with Scotty earlier, so she uh-huh. must be engineer. Real cute And yeah, lady. two beefy red suits. Yeah. With the, the, you know, the red suit jawline. Yep, one, yeah, oh, one has jawline. and jowls. we got some pretty girl music. I haven't caught the other one yet. Of course. Here she comes. And there's her soft lighting. Where's the sound cue? Where's the sound cue? United Federation of Planets. I know. I'm Mayor 3. I congratulate you on your instrumentation. Technically, her name is Me 3? Uh, Mayor, I think. Mayor 3. Mm, okay. Captain, I wish. Yes. Her hair is wild. It's real big. Mm -hmm. It's kind of. um... Why did your people tell us to stay away? Wait, what's her name? Elvira? (laughs) Like. Sure. I was thinking it looks kind of like, like uh, if Clinton's hair had twice the volume. Okay, okay. Sure, okay, yeah, all right. Bride of Frankenstein is another good comparison. <laughs> Halfway between Clinton and Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, these guys have pointy hats instead of the chef's hats. Kirk, Kirk's going to make his red suits hang out with the Devo guys. Okay. Oh, no, it's the council of five guys at a table. <laughs> Not the Council okay, of Five White Guys. Okay, we're the the Council of Five White Guys. It's <laughs> like, we have our own Council of Five White Guys. We just saw them a couple episodes again. Uh, let's I see, Ricky Gervais is at the head of it in the middle here. <laughs> oh, not quite, actually. Now they get a better look at him. He looks like halfway between Ricky Gervais and Alan Rickman, I'd say. All right, all right. I'll take it. Good descriptions. I'm doing my best here. Yeah, you're killing it. He's got an evil goatee, though. Oh, we big know time. know the goatees mean you're evil Very in Star well Trek. Seen. My mission is to establish diplomatic relations between your people and mine. That is impossible. Can I say, I'm going to pause it real quick and just say, there's a, there's a thing they teach you at film school about uh-huh. um, story versus movement, uh-huh. which is um, basically like a good example of that would be there was no story from the time that they beamed off the ship till just now. Mm-hmm. So movement would be everything between being that they beamed down into that city the they're girl walking, came and got them. They're walking. They followed, yeah, the girl walked over to get them. They walked back. They walked down the other hallway, and now they're here. It's like, so. Yeah, I was, just, like, totally like, checked out for room. that part, but I like, wasn't even, like, aware of it until you just drew my attention to it. Well, there was so much fun art direction happening that it was, like, you know, we didn't mind. There's but, a lot to but, see. You know, yeah. Yeah. I guess it was maybe building uh, some world stuff, but, yeah. Wait, yeah. It, uh, it, it could have been done better. Yes, okay, yeah. So here right. we go. We're talking to the Council of Five White Guys. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the war. You're still at war? We have been at war for 500 years. Sounds like you suck at you war. You conceal it very well. Huh? Like, either, so either win or arrive at a treaty That's fighting for 500 the whole point, years. <laughs> Prosperous in a material sense. Comfortable. Yeah, no kidding. And peaceful in the extreme. Like, you put Shouldn't your finger on this point? the central point. There ah. is no evidence of this. Good questions. Casualties among our civilian population total from one to three million dead each year. Each year? Direct enemy uh, okay, maybe it's population control. That is one reason, Captain, why we told you to stay away. As long as your ship is orbiting our planet. Your city looks like it's in fine shape. Mm-hmm. With whom are you at war? The third planet in our system, called Vendikar. Originally settled by our people. Oh, yeah, we're a mini R7, but the third planet in the system is Ventacar. 
Or like maybe they just like gave it like a different name. You know, like people are in charge of naming their planets. Please, excuse me. Yeah, where are the other cars well, attacking? Where are the other six and many R's? Yeah, Wait, we'll pause it one second. Like five. It will not last long. There's like five class M planets in this solar system at least, which is like unheard no, of. No, no, I, feel like. I don't think that's how it works. I think like, so I could be talking out of my ass, but I think that the way it works is that like the sun or like the star of their solar system has a name and then you just name planets by how far away they are from that yes, star. Yeah, that's exactly right. But it's not, so, it's not so, exclusively So there class would be M seven planets. and many R's in a row. No, but there would be, that means, that'd be, if the third planet is called Vendicar, though, then that means there's six mini R's. So no, it could no, be, no. If, if, okay, so they're on, what do you say? A mini R7? They're on a mini R7. Yeah, so that means that they are the seventh planet away from a mini R. Vendicar would technically be a mini R3, but they've named themselves Vendicar because you can name your planet whenever you want. Okay, so you don't think there has to be a Ven- uh, an Amity R one through six in order? to No, call no, that's just R7. explaining how far away it is from the star. Okay, all right, I guess that makes sense. You can I... double check that, but I think that's how it works. I'll buy it. Whatever, sure. <laughs> I don't think that's the standard, but I'll I'll take it. I think it is. There is no shelter, Captain. Are these attacks frequent? Oh yes. And they happen once every seven years. So frequently. Man, you know... Uh-oh. There's an egg on our radar. A hit. Right I was just talking city. about how I'm, like, sorry to bring it back to this. Wait, can you pause it for a second? I used to have something funny <laughs> yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to bring it back to this, because I know this is, like, literally so stupid. But, like... On the planet system? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's You're even, still on this? No, oh. it's even stupider than that. It's, like, my issue with trying to find a dress to wear this wedding... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. Let's hear it. I want to be able to dress like Maya Three and be taken seriously. You know, like I just like want to live in the future where like everybody can just dress like weird and slutty and like nobody cares. You know, like she's just wearing like a like bra top attached to like a sash and she looks so cool. Like, why is it unprofessional? She has a perfect (laughs) outfit. I think that's what you should be wearing. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I just, just like, want to wear thinking, that. I was just thinking that I was like, that's such a fun fit. Like, why can't we just like wear? Th-? And she's just like being taken so seriously by everyone around her. And I'm just like, that's the world that I want to live in. I don't want the rest of the nonsense with this. But who's that's that? Like, like um... that's the most progressive thing about Star Trek is that like it's just a future where everyone dresses like a hoe. Right. Yeah. And, and Kirk can like walk on the bridge with no shirt on and nobody's like, Kirk, where's your shirt? They're just like, they just start exactly. taking orders from him. Like some, sometimes, sometimes crewmen even walk over and rip his shirt off for him. <laughs> that, that moment of Bones doing that just really stuck with me. That um, was so funny. He can't be like, roll up your sleeve. He just rips his fucking shirt. That's funny. I was gonna say, who is that? Like, uh, like British royalty or something from like the 1700s. I'm sure I'm wrong about that. I'm sure it's like a Roman person from like uh-huh. the early 80s or something. But whoever it is, the queen lady who used to always have one tit out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can I, I say don't. Tit? Uh, maybe I should say boob. She used to always have one boob out. Um, <laughs> you don't know who I'm talking about? I gotta, all right, I'm gonna have to do research on this. I'm gonna bring it to the correction. I can't believe you haven't heard of this person. She's like yeah. a feminist hero from like 500 years ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. Because she was the ruler of everybody all of her... 
it, maybe did she always have one boob out? One boob <laughs> I feel like she fully was just out. Or naked. No, okay. okay, no. This was like this lady had all of her dresses were styled in such a way that like that just one boob was out. Speaking and like, of Barbarella, yeah. And it was because she was like she was like in charge, so she was like just allowed to be like, Yeah, this is how I'm gonna look, and everyone has to deal with it. Like <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna give you more information on okay. her, Sammy, and then maybe that can be the style you rock to the, to the <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Here we go. Let's see. <laughs> Explosions, Mrs. None, Captain. Yeoman Tamara. Sir? Tricorder readings. She's so cute. disturbances of any kind. She is cute. She's so little. <laughs> Working, sir. No evidence. And she's a minority. Uh, we don't get enough of that. <laughs> this is an attack. She is of Asian descent. May I ask what weapons the enemy is using? Fusion bombs. Materialized by the enemy over their targets. Director Bridge. Scotty? Scotty here, Captain. Scanners operative on the planet's surface? Of course, sir. As per orders. Anything unusual? Nothing, sir. All quiet. Hmm. Thank you. Kirk. They're claiming they're being bombed, but Scotty's not detecting any bombs happening. There's another bomb. Yes, I see it. Oh. They were warned. Does the uh, the ruler maintains his rule by claiming that they're constantly under attack and keeping everyone in fear? I figured it out. <laughs> Maybe. That's my guess. War is good for the economy. Come to think of it, do any of you know anyone who's been killed by by one of these fusion bombs? But our casualties are high. Kirk's calling them out. There's been no attack, mm -hmm. no explosions, no radiations, no disturbances whatsoever. If this is some sort of game you're playing, this is no game, Captain. Half a million people have just been killed. Activate the attack unit. Let's style. go yes, check Captain. it out. Let's go Launch see. Immediate counterattack. Computers, Captain. They fight their war with computers. Totally. Yes, of course. Computers don't kill a half a million people. Deaths have been registered. Of course, they have 24 hours to report. To report? To our disintegration machines. You must understand, Captain. We have been at war for 500 years. Mm, this is interesting. Under ordinary conditions, no So much so that I have to listen. That. But we have reached a solution. Then the attack by Vendikar was theoretical. Oh, no. Quite real. An attack is mathematically launched. I lost my wife in the last attack. Our civilization lives. The people die. But our culture goes on. I don't understand. It's a computer game? Basically, it's basically a simulated war. You mean to tell me? Because they don't want to actually... Okay, so yeah, they're basically playing a computer game instead of actually killing people. Well, instead of actually, like, destroying each other's planets. But the casualties are real. I'm glad you approve. I do not Interesting. I understand. So wait, are they killing them themselves then? Instead of having the other guys kill them? Oh, weird. Or like, um, to ignore my warning. they like, but it's you get All alerted that you've been killed and then you have to like our present yourself to be killed. It has been classified I see disintegration. Uh, yeah, okay, now I see uh -huh. what you're saying. Weird, what the hell? I know. 
It's okay. a good one. I'm, I'm intrigued. And their ship has been, like, hit, quote-unquote. In order to ensure their cooperation, I the Enterprise has? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. All yep, right. So they I want see. everyone to surrender themselves to be disintegrated. Yeah, yeah, they have to play the game now. If possible, we shall spare your ship, Captain. But its passengers and crew are already dead. These guys are bizarre. No, no but isn't that just so interesting that, like, that people are, like, the least valuable thing? Yeah, that they can dispose of the people for the, the actual planet itself they need to preserve. Mm-hmm. Which, you know... I guess it's an inaccurate, but apparently not included as casualties aboard the Enterprise. But I don't know how I feel about it. It's definitely inaccurate. People should be like the most important thing. Sure, but if you're thinking in terms of hundreds of years in a war, it is, I guess, a more renewable resource if you don't consider humans to be individuals, but rather just numbers. Yeah, which is obviously kind of a warp thinking, but like. Don't you understand? Oh, but, like, they can't well, get the planet back once it's been blown up. And they could just keep reproducing people if they just don't think of them as individuals, as I said. And can you imagine, like, what the writers of this episode would have been thinking about? Is that all it means to you? Um, I don't know, sex? Report and die. My life is as dear to me as you. Oh, you mean more well, in modern time? Okay, all right, hang on. Yeah, and they have more... No, I don't know what war was happening around this time. Vietnam hadn't happened yet, right? Mm, yeah, it had, or it was. It was actively happening. It was happening during this, and World War II had been 20 years earlier. Um, I don't know, the nukes and the radiation from Hiroshima had really fucked up Japan. I don't know. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you stand? Don't you see? If I refuse to report and others refuse, then Vandekar would have no choice but to launch real weapons. We would have to do the same to defend ourselves. More than people would die then. A whole civilization would be destroyed. Surely you can see that ours is a better way. Don't they want to end this war, though? Like, yeah, you would really think so. But, like... Yeah, because this game they've come up with has caused them to be, yeah, stuck in an endless war. 500 years, as they keep saying. Yeah. Like, so obviously this is no solution. Yeah, but they're just, like, stuck in it. They can't imagine... A world without it, because like it's the world that they've oh, they been born into. Think their way oh, out of it either. Kirk's gonna have to think of something, and by Kirk I mean Spock. <laughs> exactly. Meanwhile, on the Enterprise. I tell you, we should have heard something by now. I don't tell you that we should, but we haven't, and we can erase them. You know, if there had been trouble, Scotty's almost eight years older than Bones. Really? Yeah, he's the oldest member of the main cast. At least wow. the character is. I'm not certain about the actor. I feel like the actors are the same age. I always assumed DeForest Kelly was the oldest of all of them. Yeah, me too. He's the second oldest, according to uh, Memory Alpha. Somebody posted all their ages the other day on Oh, cool. According to Memory Alpha. They've assured me that our people will have a wonderful time. Uh, Captain. Yes, Mr. Scott. All personnel? All personnel. We'll transport up trained Dominions to this assume This is so unfair. Positions. They should not be able to... Those are my orders, Mr. Scott. 
do his voice. Yeah, I, I, like, I feel like that's unfair. We'll start forming shore parties Yeah, how come everyone could do start that? Out. Yeah. I don't think Scotty's buying it, though. Well, now, what do you think of that? I don't know. But I do. Oh, is he going to go for it? Computer. Last oh, here message we go. Scotty, received yeah, and recorded from Scotty's Captain Carter. He's no dum-dum. Run it through analyzer. Question. I am a highly advanced computer from 200 years in the future. This is my voice. Okay, so I guess voice duplicators are just like common technology. Which makes sense. Even nowadays, they kind of are. Not to that extent, but like... But we've got such a thing. I love when he says Volcanians. It may not. <laughs> it makes it sound like they grew up inside a volcano. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Spock versus the door. And he's feeling the door. <laughs> With his Vulcan powers, he's gonna open this door. Now he's feeling a little bit past the door onto the wall. <gasps> this oh, also feels he, like it's cheating. Yeah, he can do something to the guard's mind outside he's like the hypnotizing wall through him. the door. I am I never, I did not know this was one of Spock's powers. I don't think it is. I think that this yeah, is. Yeah, it looks like, a, looks like three feet of concrete wall. <laughs> and by concrete, I mean styrofoam. Styrofoam. But, you know, in, in universe, it's concrete. <laughs> It worked. The guy's opening the door. And they got him. They karate chopped him. Both, but the door closed behind him. So I hope we can still get out. We get our communicators back and try and contact. Uh, Kirk has the little unlucky thing. Nice, perfect. More weapons. I understand. We'll try to take it easy, but if we're forced. Can't they convince the uh, Dominions just to kill a bunch of their own useless people instead of uh? Like, no, because you know, they're, like, so just hopelessly game. attached to their rules. Dang. Oh, I love the lighting in this hallway. And, like, if they break the rules, then they're afraid that there's going to be a real attack. Like, yeah, their hands are we really tied. We got purple tied. lights. We got green lights. We got red lights. Oh, I love this girl hiding behind Spock. That'd be me. <laughs> Here we go. We're sneaking. One of these extras, I literally have not seen his face yet. I've been, like, trying to get a look at the guy really? the whole time, and it's like, I'm, I'm seeing the one and not the other one the entire time. <laughs> the one with the big face I keep seeing. Okay, Alex, these are the incinerators. Check it out. It's basically a revolving door of misery. Yep, here we go. Revolving. She didn't look too upset about it. Yeah, because they're, you know, they're, they're brainwashed. They're pretty, uh, yeah. They're good with their faith. Wow, those are efficient incinerators. There's nothing left. There's not even yeah. like a heap of ash. Oh, now they're incinerating themselves. The guys who are operating the incinerator are going in. <laughs> okay. But no exit. They go in, but they do not come out. And like, that basically everyone is being so sold the sure. idea that like, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. But like, mm -hmm. when taken to this extreme, it like doesn't work. How are they providing confirmation to the, uh, other guys. Hmm? How are they providing confirmation that they're actually killing as many people as they're claiming? I wonder. Hmm. I'm sure they worked something out. 
Yeah, I'll just I'll, to the I'll point where like I'm sure belief, I'm sure they would know if they didn't follow through. You know. Yeah. Okay, Spock's heading over to the incinerator. Everybody's in line to be incinerated. There's a multi-legged creature. He's like Jake Gates, my hand. What a little trickster. All right, Spock knocked out a guy who was in line to get killed anyway. Well, like, if we know anything about these people, it's that they're very passive, you know? So it's like, what do you have to be mm-hmm, worried yep, about? No, was, yeah, there's like eight witnesses that just watched. and They're, they're not about like, putting up that? a fight. I love the outfits on this planet. Look how silly know, they all look. So they're so fun. brightly colored. Everybody has a giant stupid hat except for Mia. Throwing a monkey wrench into the machinery. Kirk broke their incinerator. I assume they have like a thousand of those. Come on, let's get out of here. <laughs> it's blowing up, it's burning. Uh oh, the Council of White Guys. And escaped. They are armed. Disintegration Mm-mm. station number 12 destroyed, Councilman, apparently by disruptor fire. Disintegration 12? Station 12? That's my favorite All one. Security <laughs> personnel. Federation prisoners have escaped. They are armed. They resist. Do what is necessary. Planetary disruptor banks. Calculate orbit of star cruiser now circling. Oh shit, they're gonna really shoot the Enterprise. Councilman, planetary disruptor banks locked onto target. Standing by. In 10 seconds, open fire. This guy has a real intensity to him, the head of the... The five white guys. He does. He reminds me of the bad guy in V for Vendetta. Like the like big brother kind of bad guy. The one, he's on a giant screen all the time. Yeah. I can't remember who the actor is though. It's been too long since I've seen it. The captain and first officer are overdue and missing on the surface of Emini R7. I have taken standard precautionary measures while we continue our attempt to locate them. All stations reporting. Good looking guy on the uh I know, he's cute. Yeah, usually they just got like goofy looking goofballs on the helm. <laughs> he looks like he could have an acting career ahead of him. Although, where the heck is Sulu? He's sitting in Sulu's seat. Yeah, no Sulu today. <laughs> There's no way they have like good like technology because they're so used to just fighting with their computers. But maybe they're always developing. They also literally have never left their own solar system, so we do know they're way technologically behind us. Yeah. And also, uh, yeah, they've been in war for 500 years. They haven't really had time to advance anything. Yeah. And the landing down. At least nothing that isn't war related, I assume. Uh huh. And if we can find them. That's a big planet. Which I guess a missile would be. For the Enterprise to handle if it has to. We can't fire full phases with our screens. McCoy's like, both of my boyfriends are down there. Do something. Oh, great. It's this guy. Uh No such thing, Mr. Scott. Mr. Fox, we're under attack. They're trying to knock us down. You have taken defensive measures. Of course, but... But there are no buts. Obviously, it's a misunderstanding. And one of my jobs is to clear up misunderstandings. They're holding our cat. Okay, so An ambassador it up. should not have the authority to like the boss these guys ship. around. I'm responsible for the success of this I don't mission. think he does. Okay. But I think they're trying to be Can respectful of his opinion. Okay. But they're the ones they're looking for a fight, Mr. Fox. This is a diplomatic matter. If you oh, check your regulations, you'll find that my orders get priority. Okay, yep, I was wrong. I'm trying to make Good contact bullshit. with the planetary uh. officials. 
Lieutenant, open up a channel and keep it open. Although I do think he's making the right decision. Let's talk to them. Let's figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, but they're also, like, shooting at them. Yeah, but they're not in actual danger, it doesn't sound like. Well, they're shooting at them, and they're being deceptive. And, like, for all yeah. they know, like, keeping Obviously, it's not Kirk a good prisoner. spot. But, you know, for all we know, the Enterprise could wipe out this entire planet without, like... <laughs> well, they wouldn't do that. No, but they... I'm just saying in terms of, like, capabilities. Yeah. Got to let me go. Like, like it, it sounds like these guys aren't too serious of a threat to them. Probably not. So yeah, probably, probably opening up negotiations is, is not a bad call. Nice, we got, we got disguises. Oh hell yeah! I love a disguise for a henchman. Oh look, our, our, I can finally see the second uh, red suit's face, and he's the better looking of the two. I want you to give me a complete layout. This building complex. How do I get to the war? No. Now listen to me. I'm trying to help you. To save your life. The lives of millions like you. If you help me, maybe I can do it. If you don't... Why doesn't Mia have to wear a hat? We'll die. And the killing will I go on. I don't think the women you generally do. The war? Were any of the other women wearing hats? Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, they were? We're going to try uh -huh. and save... I guess everyone on the planet the... has been. I guess it's because she's the pretty one. Try to help. <laughs> I wonder if the hats designate some sort of rank. Could be. I believe you. Kirk's grabbing her by the shoulders, which tends to be a pretty persuasive uh, method of his. Yeah, it's pretty intimidating. Any woman whose shoulders I grab has to listen to me. Yeah, I think he thinks it's seducing, but it does come across uh, as it doesn't look great. <laughs> the implication. One of our disintegration chambers has been eliminated, and we have already fallen far behind in our quota. Our quota of killing our own people. We'll just kill them in any other way. Shoot them. What the, why is this? If only there was another way to kill people besides our 11 working disintegration chambers. Open honesty. Like, for a government, I feel like killing large amounts of people who are willing to be killed is, like, not that serious of a problem, right? Yeah, but... To play devil's advocate, the disintegration chambers could play like a vital role in like keeping track of how many people are Tracking killed and like sharing okay, that, sure. those numbers. Maybe they should have built more of them if it's so important. <laughs> this is Robert Fox, Special Ambassador for the United Federation of Planets. A great honor, Mr. Ambassador. <laughs> it's like he's still talking in Kirk's openly. voice. <laughs> of establishing formal and friendly relations between our Okay. Talking between the ambassador and the ruler of the planet. You have attacked us, and apparently, you're holding several. Okay, so maybe the ambassador knows what he's doing. Mistake, Mr. Ambassador. It sounds a little clueless. But he's like, I mean, he's talking like an ambassador, you know. About to attack us. I'm giving orders that our attack be stopped. Now, as to your representatives, you have my sacred word as an Amenian that they are alive and well. Thank you. I thought perhaps it was all a mistake. Mr. Scott. Disruptor Seems like the Aminians got to tell the, uh, the, the Trakians, or whatever they're called, that this, uh, that the ship is a rogue force, you know, that, like, we can't blow it up. Like, you can blow it up you want, we're not able to. Like, Yeah, right? totally. But, like, like, I mean, obviously then, then the, they are That kind of solves their problem with the other planet, at least. And then they're but both enemies of the Federation. But at talking and negotiating. <laughs> I understand. No, they're good at lying, which doesn't seem very smart for the head of a government, but... Well... You will be there, sir. I give you my word. 
I'm sure that from this day forward, your planet and our Federation will attain the deepest friendship. I look forward to seeing you. Diplomacy, gentlemen, should be a job uh, left to diplomats. You will, of course, immediately resume the peaceful Yeah, I don't status. know, sir. Don't you think that was uh, weirdly easy? <laughs> yeah, but, like, he just, like, thinks he's, like, such a, like, he's like, ah, oh, that's because I'm such a good negotiator, not because they're oh, lying so to me. Yeah. He's like, oh, excuse me. It occurs to me that you're shooting me. I think you might have done that an accident. And they're like, uh, yeah, it was an accident. You're right about that. See? Just an accident, everyone. <laughs> I'm great at this. fucking <laughs> 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 moron. I want you and expect you to obey my lawful orders. No, sir. And like the first thing he should be saying is like, hey, I need to talk to my guy that I sent down there. Like, where's Captain Kirk? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you can, sir. But I won't lower the screens. Your name will stick your commentary in my report to the Federation Central. He doesn't give a fuck. He seems a bit uh, peeved about it. Well, Scotty, now you've done it. Aye, the haggis is in the fire for sure. Wow, I'll not lower my defenses on the word of that mealy-mouthed gentleman down below. Not until I know what happened wow. to the captain. <laughs> right, Scotty's lines. They're really something. So, really fun fact about this. I'm not sure if it was based on it or if it just, like, really closely resembles it. But, um, apparently, that plot line connects really strongly with something that happened in the real life of um, James Duhon. Um, I guess there was a situation when he was serving in the military, I think during World War II is a war that he's a veteran of, where he lost his finger, mm-hmm. um, where I guess it was a similar situation where a commanding officer like gave him an order and he knew that that order was going to like kill people unnecessarily, and so he refused to follow it. Um which could have had like really significant consequences. It could have gotten him into big trouble, but I guess like there were other like commanding officers who like had his back, but that's like the real life James Devon right there. Interesting. I'll have, that's to, what he's about. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. What a badass. Yeah. It's yes. A pretty cool story. You should, yeah. See if you can find the details. Yeah. Cool guy. And great, great performer. Really? Like he, he's very good on screen. Like, and he's like, he's Which, like, I don't such think a anyone's perfect... saying the opposite, but like, he, <laughs> he just brings something to it. Like, he's such a perfect authority figure because he like knows when to be serious and he knows when to like, you know, have like more levity. Like, he like knows what a situation calls for. And I also just like that he is just such a kind of like bones. He's got a very like kind of blue collar, regular guy kind of thing where he's like, you know, he, he's content to just do his job and like not, you know, like, and then follow orders and stuff, you know, until he has to start making the decision sort of a thing. Yeah, totally. Kirk sneaking up on the leader of the planet. Won't you join me in a drink, Captain? Oh, not as sneaky as he thought, though. I'll find the most interesting. I didn't come to drink. I assume that is what you use to destroy disintegration chamber number 12. A very efficient weapon. I'm not afraid of using it. My first impression was correct. You are a barbarian. Says the guy who's been at war for 500 years. (laughs) Don't sound so incredulous, Captain. Of course you are. We all are. A killer first, a builder second. A hunter, a warrior, and let's be honest, a murderer. 
That is yeah, our I think joint heritage, those, uh, is it not? We're a little less <laughs> blooded about it than you are. What do you want, Captain? I want to contact my ship. I love this gun. It's so silly. Yeah, what is it? It's not a regular phaser. There's a lot of chances. No, it's uh, their disruptor type weapons that he stole from them. them. I'm trying to save the world. If I were you, I'd think about saving my life. Yeah, like, you cannot intimidate these people. They do not care about their lives, you know? Yeah. They, they care they about can, their culture or whatever, whatever right, that they'd means. be willingly sacrifice themselves to a video game any moment. Yeah, they... Well, they've been doing it for 500 years, too, so they, they don't even... They had nothing to do with the inception of this idea. Like, uh-huh, but they're still carrying it out. They're still and part of it. fathers and all that stuff have been doing it. Yeah. It's just the way of things to them. Yeah, and they're just all committed to being, like, spineless, essentially, you know? Or selfless. It's incredible that their society is still able to more or less thrive in the midst of this. Well, I mean, aren't we currently living in a society that's thriving despite having been in a continuous war for, like, most of our lives? But are we thriving? (laughs) But, you know, it's like... war? You can destroy this planet. Like, there's just been, like, That's kind exactly of a never-ending conflict for no most of our lives, so like, in the, like, formal. in the Middle East. You seem to think I'm joking. Where are oh, they? sure, but, Like, we know. live in this reality. But we're not in that one. Except for the, sometimes when we are. If I but even then, we just kind of dip in to take what we want, and then we'd get out of there. Something I think it's more complicated than that. Very well, Captain. I do, too. I'm, I'm not going to try to explain it. <laughs> Left again? They are unguarded. Oh, I love this statue. This is real cute. A very skinny, steel, <laughs> uh, naked person. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> Kirk threw the, the leader guy, one of his guards. He threw the guard Kirk into the wall. He's always just like Karate chopping a second go. guard. What an aggressive Man, these guys' man. hats are, like, fused to their heads, though. He's flipping <laughs> them over and throwing them around, and their hats are still... Wait, what happened there? Kirk was I'm fighting clear. the guy, and then the guy just, like, ran off as though he had been hit without Kirk hitting him. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk is that good. Okay. <laughs> Dang, they knocked Kirk out. Uh, have we ever seen Kirk lose a fight? Only when it's, uh, necessary for the plot. Of course, but but I think that's the first fight we've seen him lose. Could be. He really got his ass handed to him. Hand to hand combat. Yeah, he did. He looked like he was gonna. He looked like he was cleaning up. You know why? I don't think he did his like uh, double fisted. He like, didn't do the double fist hammer punch. Yeah, exactly. His secret weapon. I like this sculpture that they keep beaming down next to. Wow, okay, so I love these boys. Just they have ambassadors beaming down. Such ambassadors. It, with his like assistant guy that's kind of a David Byrne vibe to him <laughs> Ambassador Fox I am Robert Fox have I the honor of addressing like uh, the vibe of David Byrne with the head of Scott Bakula Mr. Ambassador <laughs> okay we're going inside so this process can start all over again Mr. Ambassador I am truly sorry for what must happen 
And the ambassador's just going to be like, well, I guess if I have to be incinerated, I have to be incinerated. <laughs> it's like, and that's part of diplomacy, gentlemen. <laughs> a, a thing you could stand to learn about. <laughs> you mean we are to be killed? That is correct, Mr. Ambassador. I regret it very much. There is nothing I can do about it. I hope nobody saves him. <clears throat> it's what he deserves. And I like I like his little guy who's traveling with him who like doesn't even say anything. Mr. Scott. Oh dear. Hey, the giant rabbit's back on the helm. Go ahead. He's always oh, there. Hell yeah, I love Is the ship again. all right. We've been through a bit, but we're all right now. How about the captain and you? The captain is overdue. We've suffered no casualties among us. This is important. Under no circumstances shall anyone beam down from the Enterprise. Uh -oh. They'd be killed the moment they arrived. That ties it. That Poppin' Jay Fox went down a couple that of minutes ago. That Poppin' Jay Fox. <laughs> I knew it had a rotten ring to it. I'm learning so many new phrases from Scotty that I'm gonna forget. But thank goodness that Scotty didn't listen to him. Yeah, Scotty's no slouch. No. It's like, sir, they just sent us a message like an hour ago pretending to be Kirk and telling us to send every single member yeah. of the Enterprise down there. Like, come on. You stay here and prevent this young lady from immolating herself. <laughs> oh. down and sit on her if necessary. Our, our girl situation. who I thought was an engineer is a yaoman. Oh, of course she I'm is. I'm so disappointed. Wah, wah. But he just gave her permission to sit on this other girl if need be, so maybe we'll see some of that action. All right. Look at her. Her little hands on her hips like she's so tough. <laughs> nice. All right, so she's going to be a badass. At least she gets to operate what are you a doing? stuff. I'm a representative of the United Federation of Planets. Hey, asshole. They don't care. In line, he says to Spock. Okay. These guys are so funny. What What just happened? Oh, it's their good guys wearing... It's oh Spock's my God, guys so in disguise. Yeah. yeah, I'm so dumb. <laughs> They're like, why are they attacking the real guys? They should have given them more recognizable faces. <laughs> they just got the jawline. <laughs> oh no, they destroyed another incinerator. Now we only have ten. <laughs> We're so far behind quota for killing people. <laughs> and and yet there's nobody in line at either machine. <laughs> uh, all these people just waiting until the last possible minute. Like, it's so irresponsible. <laughs> right? Just go get killed right when they ask you to. What yeah, the stop heck? putting it off. I would think the other incinerators are probably nearby. Like, we could probably just keep walking for a little bit and destroy the other I ten. I think that's the plan. Oh, Greg's hair is all messy from his little fight. sexy right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Post, he's got that post-fight swagger. Oh, yeah. ...of an agreement that dates back 500 years. My people are not responsible for your agreements. You will be responsible for an escalation that will destroy everything. Good. I've already given you a perfectly good suggestion of how to de-escalate the situation, and you completely ignored me as though you can't hear me because you're 60 years in the past and on a television show. So I don't know what you want here. Pain and anguish! That seems to frighten you. It would frighten any sane man. <laughs> but like they've all been like, brainwashed. Okay. Right. They're like, time for a dramatic monologue. Let's just have him name emotions and be very, like, emotive about it. Pain, anguish, fear, death. 500 people of yours more important 
and the hundreds of millions of innocent people on a mean Yaren Vendikar. What kind of monster are you? I'm a barbarian. You said it yourself. I had hoped I had spoken only figuratively. Oh, no, you were quite accurate. I plan to prove it to you. Who's more snarky, Kirk or Sammy? <laughs> Write in and let us know. Open a channel to Write the Enterprise. Tell us. <laughs> you give me no choice, Captain. We are not bandits. You're constantly thinking those terms. I don't have a choice. I never have a choice about anything. I'm the ruler of this world, and I just have to constantly follow the the what fate has handed me. Yeah, which I feel like is such an important thing to keep exploring, you know. Is Anand Seven this guy's name? I keep hearing him say it, and I think I just finally put together that's his name. Uh huh. Everyone has a number in their name on this planet. It's fine. Okay, but they have no, they have no way of negotiating because they want to kill everybody, and so you can't be like come down or else we'll kill them because like the plan is to kill everyone like they don't have yeah. any bargaining chips come down here and let us kill you all or we'll kill you all yeah um what if we just stay here and don't get killed by you like two hours the enterprise will destroy there we go that's what i was saying i don't think that's a bluff <laughs> no and it should be i think kirk would destroy this whole planet and like what do we care about these people who are like destroying themselves you know yeah nothing to and like obviously the thing that they're most afraid of is like genuine violence you know so like threatening them with that is like a really good move well, this ambassador what we should have gotten done is gotten the leaders from both the planets and discussed putting an end to this war. Like, we should have tried to negotiate peace with everybody. Yeah, but Kirk has, like, he's, he just, like, had, like, one second to give an order, you know? Oh, I know. I, I'm saying it's entirely too late for what I'm suggesting. But at yeah. the beginning of the episode, we might have considered that. I don't know. I don't think we had time. Or, like, I don't think, like, because, like, Scotty's worried about, like, the landing party. see. Sure. Well, yeah, no, I meant even before we went down. Like, like that should have just been like, let's meet somewhere with the leaderships of both. Anyway. I don't know. I disagree. Like, they're trying to establish diplomatic relationships with one planet. They don't know They don't know how, like, deep-seated this conflict is. They didn't even know that they were still at war when they first got here. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Everybody's operating with, like, the most up-to-date information, even though it's like, they're, they're trying. They're... Yeah, they're operating yeah. with the information they have, is what I'm saying. You're right, I forgot about that. Open the channel, Lieutenant. This is the commander of the USS Enterprise. All cities and installations on Emenia 7 have been located, identified, and fed into our fire control system. In one hour and 45 minutes, the entire inhabited surface of your planet will be destroyed. Holy shit. You know, her is like, what? Scotty's not fucking around. No, Scotty's gonna fucking do it. He's like, and I will become captain of the Enterprise at that point. <laughs> He's so like, so really, a it's a win-win for, for me. For me. Yeah. Just oh knocked God. over Kirk a bunch of guys like bowling pins. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, just ran at them with his arms out, knocked three guys down. <laughs> and he has one gun. Oh, two guns now. Two guns now. That was so silly. But here's Spock, anyways. I'd assumed you needed help. 
Oh my god, they're so cute. I need the help. He's like, it seemed like it was about time for a Deus Ex Spockana, but this time you have two guns, sir. That's why they call me Two Gun Kirk. But the real reason is because of those guns. Come in, Scotty. Oh, look, they have their own Landrew behind this this door. Maintain position. If everything goes according to plan, you can beam us up in 10 minutes. If you don't hear from us, carry out General Order 24 on schedule. Aye, aye, Captain. Is there anything else we can do? Cross your fingers. Kirk out. This Anon 7 guy is still operating like kind of an idiot. That's what war like, seems like about. he should be taking whatever means necessary to have the Enterprise not destroy the entire boy. planet at this point, right? Mm-hmm. You'd think that would be his priority. Uh-huh. I think it is. But he's still like... It seems like he's still pretty committed to not helping them and committing to his old ways. Since it seems to be the only way I can save my crew, my ship, I'm going to end it for you. Hmm. One way or another. Mr. Ambassador. Now this yes, is uh, interfering with the prime directive. taking these people out into the corridor and holding them there? Gentlemen, if you right. please. You. Come I on. mean, they were on like a diplomatic mission to establish like ties with them. And um, I also feel like they're oh, in the conflict the now. They can't elect to participate or not. No matter what they do, they're interfering. I think they could just choose, but now they're they're kind of overstepping. Like they could easily just choose to remove themselves at this point. It seems like, and instead they're choosing to. But hold on, pause one second. End the war. Even like even choosing not to participate would disrupt. Like if they just like all get in their ship and leave, then like they're still participating in the conflict because the other planet is going to be like, oh, those people you're supposed to kill and you didn't, so they're going to attack. So like, there's nothing they can do that would like not be involved. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Although, I still stand by that the Aminians should just tell the Vendrickians or whatever they're called that that this is a rogue element that they don't have control of. I like, don't think that that would work. I mean, it might, but I doubt it. I mean, they like why? Why wouldn't they just believe like, hey, we can't shoot them down. Like they're they're gonna destroy the whole planet. Like they're they're been essentially for alien invaders. Years, like, and they're going to be like, this is some kind of trick. We don't believe you. Like, why are you not following through with our agreement? You know, I, sure, I really don't think yeah. that that would work. That makes sense. Yeah, It might, but I really doubt it. They should develop some better imaginary weapons to kill the uh, Vendrickians with. <laughs> I'm sure they're working on it. The subspace transmission unit, which keeps them in constant contact with their Vendican counterparts. Yes, go on. The moment contact is broken, it abrogates the agreement between the two warring parties. What are you going to do? The circuit is now locked. Destroy this one, and they'll all go. Get them out of here. Oh, wait a minute. Please. Please. What's going to happen? Seems like we could at least go over the Vendikians and, and, you know, blow their stuff up, too. Those were some good explosions. Mm-hmm. They love blowing up a big, great computer. Looks awesome. Look at all that smoke. A lot of smoke. Yeah. You realize what you have done? Yeah. Yes, I do. That's why I did it. I've given you back the horrors of war. Mm-hmm. The Vendikins will now assume that you've broken your agreement and that you're preparing to wage real war with real weapons. They'll want to do the same. Only the next attack they launch will do a lot more than just count up numbers on a computer. 
They'll destroy your cities, devastate your planet. You, of course, will want to Because they haven't had an incentive to end the conflict. Yes, Councilman, you have a real... That's true, yeah. Because everyone's just down with it. He's incentivizing them. Exactly. Interesting. An alternative. Put an end to it. Make peace. There can be no peace. Don't you see? We've admitted it to ourselves. We're a killer species. Then you'll destroy each other. And like, so be it. General Order 24. Or one of you will win or the other will win. The instinct can be fought. We're human beings with the blood Spock's of like, speak for savage years on our hands. So these guys are human beings too? That's, that's always confusing to me. More like they're humanoid. Killers, they're, we're not going to I kill think, today. I don't think that's they're like from Earth. Knowing that we're not going to kill. Yeah. Today. They're just human species okay. on other planets, seems like. Mm-hmm. I think you'll seems to be kind of semi-recurring in this series. Yeah, they hadn't established that, that like, to avoid the alternative all aliens looked different yet. It's up to you. As a third Maybe these guys have differences that we just can't see. And the establishment of yeah, exactly. He's got like 17 nipples under this shirt. <laughs> see, finally the like ambassador is useful. I've had some small experiences. Mm. Nice, that's more like it. Maybe a chance. We have a direct channel with Vendikar's high council. It hasn't been used in centuries. And it's long overdue. Shall we go? Nice. That's more like it. Uh-huh. Well, surprisingly easy, all things considered. To, to start anyway, I'm sure they have a long road to oh, arrive definitely. at peace. But, but, they needed, but they needed to be shaken from, like, complacency. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cancel implementation. General Order 24. Alert transporter room. We're ready to beam up. And so they beamed up. <laughs> Playing a course for Argana 2 navigator. Justice Scott. Argana 2? Have we had enough adventure for one day? <laughs> it's okay. It'll Hang take on. a while to get there. I'm going back real quick. What was Scotty just doing with that Yaoman? Okay, just examining this tape recorder. They were holding hands. Yeah. He was showing off his new manicure. Ambassador Fox reports negotiations are underway with Vendicar. Outlook hopeful. Good. Hey, all right. You took a big chance. What else was he going to do, though? I think he made the absolute right They had been killing three million people a year. It had been going on for 500 years. An actual attack wouldn't have killed any more people than one of their computer attacks. It would have ended their ability to make war. The fighting would have been over. Permanently. But you didn't know that it would work. No. It was a calculated risk. Still, that's my middle name. (laughs) James Calculated Risk Kirk. (laughs) And also, if it hadn't have worked, then, like, it. I feel like it would have been better than what was going on. I had a feeling that they would do anything to avoid it. Yeah, totally. At least it would have been real. I really feel like Scotty and this Ensign are uh, are dating. Oh, they totally are. Captain, I mean, she is on him. You almost <laughs> make me believe in luck. Why, Mr. Spock? You almost make me believe in miracles. Was that a pickup line? <laughs> My love for you is a miracle. He's like, Mr. Spock, you make what you believe in angels. <laughs> I believe in miracles, you Vulcan thing. And so they adventured away into space to yet another adventure. 
<laughs> cool. Yeah, but the thing that they do so well with like the whole like isn't this like um, against the Prime Directive is that it's not because they're so entrenched in the conflict, you know? Yeah, no, you're totally right. I hadn't really considered that. that they, and they, they do that. They do leave. that effectively often, not every time, but like this is definitely a time when they pull it off. Yeah. Well, in the other episode, they had to fix Sulu and Bones, but. But it's not quite but the it same. But it wasn't quite. It wasn't <laughs> quite the same. Yeah, this one was much more like. Once they left, it was it was on, you know. Uh huh. Totally. Although I guess it would have arrived at the same thing of them having to, uh, you know, start using real weapons also. If they had just left. You mean in the um, right hour in this episode? episode? Oh no! In in this episode, like if they had just left, because what he did by destroying all their computer games. Is forcing yes, them to enter either it, into real conflict. But he did it in a way where they could be more supported, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He left he left their dumb ambassador there. Yeah. Their dumb ambassador's <laughs> probably really good those, at that uh, exact kind of thing, you know? And that's like what's implied is that like he is maybe. not good at like telling them what to do on the ship, but like he is good at the whole like all of the you know, the ambassador type things. I like to imagine they like get the two leaders together and he's like, now have you considered not fighting? That's like, that's like all he does. You know, but maybe that's all it takes. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's been 500 years. They, it seems like they legitimately had not considered not fighting. Like, they, they probably, they don't know what they're that's fighting the over problem. at this point. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, once a, once a war has gone on they're for 500 years, They're fighting for the sake years, of it's fighting. It's not about anything. It's yeah. not. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. But uh, yeah, fun, interesting concept. You're right. It was very, uh, it, it is one that will stick with me, the the concept of it. Uh-huh, definitely. The, the uh, like, proxy war. I don't know what you would call it. Simulated war, I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's like, war doesn't games. it accomplish the same thing? And yet, like, when you, like, strip away, like, war and just make it about, like, killing people, like, it makes it even worse. One, who's doing the killing, too, you know? When you start killing for your enemy, like, on your enemy's behalf, and mm-hmm. they start doing it for you, it's like, is that not essentially, like... It's it's strange. It's a weird... It's... it's. I I would be interested to know how they arrived at that point, you know? It'd be interesting to see, like, or, or read one of those Star Trek books or something about how they... Mm-hmm. Like, like how they got there. But you can kind of there. imagine that they were just, yeah. like, you know, rebuilding and rebuilding, and they're like, you know, there has to be a Our better Our planet's way. being destroyed, yeah. But, what like, it's so interesting because their excuse for is you. that... Yeah, well, their excuse is that, like, we're a violent people, but, like, obviously not. Obviously, you would prefer, like, peace to war because you enjoy living in, like, the illusions of peace, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and the, and the violence, yeah, is being committed as humanely as possible and on their own people so it's like not even you know it's like the most removed type of violence possible at that point yeah well and what i was hinting at is that it's like very much in protest of the vietnam war you know because like I, the I, whole I thing is like your number comes up and then you have to submit to like what's most likely going to be death you know and it's oh, all like draft? removed okay. yeah exactly it's like the draft but it's also like the way that like the war was so removed from like what was really happening to us, you know? Interesting. Like, it's like people okay, are drafted and they like disappear, but like we don't really know like 
we're not affected yeah. by the war the way like like even like like World War Two, like we were affected by World War Two, like that happened a little bit on our like territory, you know. But like Vietnam War was entirely like a war. That At least happened it was definitely away. going to be like an issue for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and World now now that kind of conflict is so normalized yeah. for us, you know, because we had like Vietnam, Korea, like all the conflicts in the like Middle East. Like now that's like normal for us. But like before that, that's not how war worked, you know. Yeah. That's interesting. War. What a thing. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and now there's war again. And we've sent the very best, Sean Penn. So who could better represent America than that douchebag? Ugh, good riddance, Sean Penn. He used to come into our, uh, when I worked at a restaurant, he used to come in and he would smoke cigarettes inside. I bet he was inside. an asshole. Yeah, he would smoke cigarettes inside and then we'd tell him not to. He'd complain. He'd be like, whoa, I'm like, I'm I have to. I want to smoke cigarettes I want. I'm Sean Penn. I make documentaries. I hate him. He's the worst. Ugh. Fuck that guy. Okay. Yeah. Let's take it to warp. (laughs) Warp drive, Mr. Scott. All right. This is the warp speed rating segment. Sammy, tell them what we do in this part. Yeah. So uh, in this segment, what we do is we rate the episode that we just watched on a scale of impulse power to warp 10. Basically a scale of 1 to 10 with like a little bit of extra fun thrown in. I explained at the top of the episode how I think about it, where, you know, for me, like impulse power is like a bad episode. 1 to 5 is like a good episode and 6 to 10 Mm -hmm. is like a great episode. But that's not the way Alex thinks about it, I think. No, I think that's pretty close to how I think about it too. Well, actually... I th- I think once I'm getting towards two and and one and you know it's I'm considered to be a, a pretty much uh-huh. a bad episode, like even okay. a three is a fairly is not a great episode. Like yeah, is a certainly a below average episode. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, but yeah, as as Kern is pointing out, you're gonna give all these season three episodes the uh, the impulse. I'm speed. not afraid to. I will. <laughs> she's she's coming for those season three episodes. Okay, let's see. I thought it was a good episode. I and it's all it's all concept. Although I like, as you pointed out, that it has a, a modern day application too, or mm-hmm. at least in that in that uh, time it did. So that that's cool too. And the concept's totally gonna stick with me. Mm-hmm. But and it's we, not a lot, lot of fun. Of... <laughs> no, all of the outfits and the art uh, the art direction's pretty fun. Uh-huh. The, a lot of the like locations are just kind of you know hallways and things, but the <laughs> but I really like their outfits. Uh huh. And and it constantly things are more or less constantly happening. There's a bit of stuff in the middle that's just kind of classic, like oh we've been taken hostage and we have to escape. Yeah. But even the B plot happening with Scotty and the ambassador on the ship is pretty interesting and pretty oh like, really well good. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so and everyone kind of gets to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of fun. Even Spock telepathically controls a guy through a wall, which, like, that's as you said, I'm not really buying. Yeah, yeah, but like, but he got to do a, a shtick at least, like uh-huh. uh, a fun little Vulcan thing. You know, it's a like where, where we're going to draw thing. the line with these Vulcans. Yeah, which I think that might have been that. This might have been it. That's where we're Cross like, you know, line. maybe the Vulcans <laughs> can't do everything telepathic. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good, but yeah, not as not as fun and entertaining as I'd want. You're right. Mm-hmm. So it does leave a little bit to be desired. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a blast while it was really interesting. It wasn't yes, like that's a great that's time. Missing like, in my perspective too. Yeah. Like I'm not looking to jump in and watch it again sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Makes you think though. 
It does, I know. And so now it's got me, but I'm trying not to give everything the same rating. Um, <laughs> oh, no, it's too critical. <laughs> no, it's true. Gosh, I, you know, I don't care. I'm going to also give this one a warp seven. I'm giving out a lot of warp sevens lately, but I just think that that's the right score for it. Totally. Yeah. I just I think you. a lot of them have been around the same quality, though, too. That's fair. Because, like, because I gave a warp seven to, uh, yeah, tomorrow was yesterday and arena and Re- returning the archons i think all those were were worthy of that too for being interesting so it's like uh-huh interesting without being exceptional you know it's like it's like yeah being right in between being a, a pretty totally. good episode in a but not quite like so yeah I, i'll give it this one yet another warp seven i'm on a, i'm on a roll with those lately <laughs> i completely yeah i totally hear that also are you looking at all of your warp readings that you've given Mm-hmm. yep Oh, do you ha- do you have my warp ratings also? I do. I was going to save them until we finished season one and we could kind of review them and maybe even uh, talk about if we wanted to amend certain ones. Perfect. But, um, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's fun. So I agree. Like, obviously, I love the writing of this episode. Um, and it's like far and away the best part. I love when it's like when there's a message but it's also exploratory like you know the message is like waging war in this way is wrong but then i also feel like it's exploratory and like what does it mean to like have like to be in a war and like what are the necessary components of that and if we strip everything away but this like what does that look like like i just think it's such an interesting concept and so much fun mm-hmm. um or and like you know so much fun to... conceptually yeah, uh-huh. and you know what I like too along with that and kind of what we were talking about with space seed is is, is a clean ending where it wasn't it wasn't a perfectly clean ending, but I, we had a good moment of Ahura saying, you know, that she was saying the outlook is hopeful, you know, where yes, it's just like, and that's the whole this, point. this looks good. You know, it's like, we don't, we don't know for certain that this is going to work, but like, it, it seems like we did the right thing. Like, yeah. And one thing that I've taken a lot of issue with in past episodes is it's like, I just don't support what they did. I think they did this wrong, you know, whereas with this episode, <laughs> I really feel like everything, like everybody did the right thing the whole time, you know? And like Scotty did the right thing. Too. Like, yeah, Kirk did the right thing. Situation. Spock did. Like, everybody was kind of like, and like those three guys were all acting really independently, but still like working together, which is so cool. You know, it's so nice when you can just like trust everybody. Like, I hate when there's like yeah. a guy in charge who like fucks it up and you're like, okay, well, Spock has to go fix that now. Like, it's really nice. We can just trust everybody that they're doing the right thing. The ambassador was kind of a, a wrench in the uh, in the wheel, but he a little bit. But I don't but need was, the ambassador kind of the to do it, the though. right thing. Yeah, I need I need like our guys to do the right thing. No, um, of course, yeah. I was just saying. So it's fun that like not everyone's perfect. We've yeah. got to fuck up in the mix. Totally, but we can trust our characters. So those like the writing of the episode is such a big win. I feel like, you know, a lot of our supporting cast was a little weak, like. Maya and Alma and like the ambassador like they were all fine but we've like I talk about how like you know the guest stars always like elevated a lot every ambassador wasn't bad he was okay but he was like like we see that character all the time we do and he didn't bring anything new to the mix he was like he was the same as like Kodos or like uh uh Mark Cohen or no Mark Leonard excuse me Uh, Uh it's obvious how I remember that guy's name now (laughs) 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 Um, that's funny it's like, yeah, he was kind of a lesser version of some better people doing the same thing we've seen. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, supporting cast was all, like, kind of meh. The, like, the question I don't of, know like, what the Maya how... character really added to the mix either. Nothing. Yeah, she was just a pretty girl. 
Yeah. She had like no agency. She was like one more person. She was just like, please, no, I want to die. All she does is lead them. Yeah, she just leads them to, to, to the actual leader. It's like, I don't know why we couldn't have had her be the leader, honestly. like Totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so we had but, some like oh, redundant well. characters. Um, yeah. The world was a little bit confusing because they had a whole big world and yet like destroying a few incinerators like wrecked everything. And like you said, like we should have seen like long lines at the incinerators. Like there's like a lot of things mm. they could have done to like flesh out the world and make the stakes like feel as high as they like were in the writing. Like I said, it wasn't a lot of fun, which is okay, no. but I just love when it is fun. I love when I'm having fun while I'm watching it. And I like wasn't. It's interesting, but it's not fun. So all of that to say, um, I think for me, it's a warp six. I think that's fair. I thought that might be what you landed yeah, at. Yeah, decidedly above average. Generally, or like one, above average, but not like, me. exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's always a safe bet that you're going to just give it one less than I do. <laughs> <laughs> not, I don't know. I think it's really funny that like two that I've given a warp 10 to, you like are like, eh, I don't know. So. It's hard. It's yeah, I didn't realize I haven't given out any warp tens actually. Yeah, so um, like I've given out a lot of low I thought, ratings, I but I've also I, given out a lot of high ratings or not a lot. Yeah, I misremembered. I thought I gave Corbomite maneuver a ten. I, I only you gave, gave it a, a nine. nine. So. You were saving your ten. Yeah, and we're still waiting I guess to see I'm what saving you're saving my it 10. for. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I'll just never give one out. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like, just going on a scale of one the to perfect nine. Perfect episode. <laughs> right. I'll know when I see it. <laughs> I think. And then we get to the very last episode. You're like, oh no, I haven't given it out oh, yet. I guess this right. one where women this are rational. One. Oh my god, that's such a stupid episode. What a what a lame ending. <laughs> Mary kill Ponfar. Okay, it's time for the best segment, Mary kill Ponfar, where I give Alex three characters in the episode we just watched, and he chooses one to marry, one to kill, and one to commit to Ponfar with. Okay. So, Alex, behind door number one, we have, you knew he was going to be here. His hair is a little messy from the fight. Captain Kirk. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay. Always one of the big three. We have behind door number two, Ambassador Hound Fox. Okay. All right. <laughs> and obviously, I'll throw you a bone. Here she is with her cute little outfit. Thank it's you. Maya 3. <laughs> Maya 3. Okay. I'll marry her. Uh, okay. Yeah, we don't know any. We don't know anything about her. We don't know anything about Except her. Except for that she's like down to follow rules, I guess. But like that's everybody in their culture. Yeah, she seems like she's done pretty well at climbing her way up the government and stuff. She seems like she has an important position. Uh, uh -huh. you know, she's beautiful. Because she's got, she's got two guys that follow her around all the time, and like they're uh -huh. guards or something. So she must be a, an authoritative figure. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's not she's not just like a Yaman equivalent. She's she's important. Yeah. Um, but God, but God knows, knows what, what reason. Maybe, maybe she said, right? And I'll pawn far with Kirk and I'll kill Ambassador Hound Fox. Valid. I think I would uh, just pawn far with Maya 3 because uh, she's beautiful. But yeah, that's not a lot all there, I've though. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's Mary Pawn Far, everybody. Goes with that saying. Okay, I had one to I had one to ask you last week that I forgot okay, to. I'm ready. Alright. Door number one, we have Khan Noonian Singh. Woo! Door number two, we have the Benedict Cumberbatch I version knew it. of Khan Noonian Singh. <laughs> and door number three, Spock. 
Man. That's right. Oh, man, it's a tough one. Okay, it's Leonard Nimoy Spock. I know what you're going to do, though. Yeah, it's Leonard Nimoy Spock. Unfortunately, I am one of those people who does find Benedict Cumberbatch attractive. Okay, all right. So that does make it even harder. I I thought you were going to be like, he's weird looking. (laughs) No, he is weird looking, but he's so hot. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I know our (laughs) listeners get it, or at least some of them. And if you don't, then I don't know. He's but very polarizing, but one. I think a lot of yeah, a lot of people yeah. share your opinion of him. Uh-huh, like either totally. people think he's hot or they think he's ugly. Like Yeah. I think he's good looking. I see why people think he's good looking. Man. Okay. Well, I do not want to marry any iteration of Khan, so I'm marrying Spock. Fair. But now I have to decide who I'm gonna kill. They're both sexy in the opposite direction. Yes, <laughs> in very different ways. You know what? Come on, we all know I which think- one you're gonna pick. Who do you think I'm going to pick? I think, okay, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Benedict Cumberbatch Khan because he seems like, he seems like he would be like kind of fun and kinky, but wouldn't actually like accidentally kill you, which is like something that I feel like Ricardo Montalban Khan would do in a heartbeat, which would be fun, but not, not fun to die. Not what I thought you would pick. I thought you were going to pick the one whose arms are the size of your torso. I know. Fuck. Wait, now that you said that, now I'm just like, the arms with the long hair like really gets me. Plus, I assume, I guess I don't totally know how this works, but I assume in this scenario, you're still married to Spock while you're pawn with this other character. And I kind of feel like uh, Leonard Nimoy kind of fills any, anything that Benedict he Cumberbatch does check, can offer. He checks the same box. You're the right. Checks the okay. same box. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a similar type physically. Oh <laughs> like, my God. Okay. It's, yeah, I'm pawn with Ricardo Montalban. You're so right. I'm so glad you pointed that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you already got Leonard Bye, Nimoy. What do you need uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for? Yeah, I don't need another, like, tall guy. Tall I need gangly. a beefcake. <laughs> exactly. You got to change it up sometimes. Okay, what about you? Same question. Oh, geez, let's see. Yeah, I think you made the right choice. I, I'm also going to go with that. Yeah, It's, it's so hard right. to pick anything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, good one. That's funny. Although I was interested if you were going to marry Khan, potentially. No, no way. I, I, I like myself too much for that. Okay. Any, uh, any closing thoughts here? My closing thoughts are that war is bad. Isn't it just? What's that My about? My closing thoughts are, what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. All right. I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> yep. I think, that's, uh, I think that's a perfect point to, to leave off on. And until next time, everybody, love long. <laughs> and prosper. Thanks for listening to Star Trek The Original Siblings. Follow the show on social media on Instagram and Twitter at STOSibsPod or send us a subspace message at STOSibsPod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, rate us five stars or maybe write us a nice review. Tune in next time, and until then, live long and prosper. <laughs>